You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I'm Kyle Hawk, Editor-in-Chief at itsalldead.com. And uh, it's been a little while since we've put up a new podcast. It's basically a month has passed, which used to be like back in the early days, we'd go a month between podcasts easy. But the past couple years, I've been trying to do a new podcast every two weeks. And this happened last year, but it's like January, February roll around and... I, I talk on this podcast all the time about how much I hate this time of year, but like literally we're in the middle of February right now. It's cold. It sucks. There's nothing to look forward to. I come home at night and just curl up on my couch and read about the Chernobyl accident. <laughs> that's, that's my life in, in the month of February. And if Wait, you think, you think that February is less depressing than Chernobyl? <laughs> I mean, it just, it's the, more, I, no, that's new. That I said that wrong. You know what I meant? <laughs> it all, it all just makes sense in my brain. Oh, I, I wish I was joking about this, but it's, it's really what I do. I was reading about Chernobyl just earlier this evening, it's but that's moment. not what this podcast is about. This Can't podcast is about music. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about <laughs> Chernobyl, but I don't know. We might lose some people. I don't know. Maybe it's more interesting than, than some of the stuff we, maybe it's more interesting than pop punk. I don't know. Um, well, anyway, this is the It's All Dead podcast. I am joined by Kyle Schultz and Nadia Paiva. You know them best as being the the rock stars that uh, create some awesome content at It's All Dead. Uh, thank you both for joining tonight. Yes, hello, sir. hello. Um, and this podcast is very much, uh, you know, very similar to other types of podcasts we do, where we talk about a very specific band. Um, that is relevant in the moment. We talk about their history. We talk about their discography. We talk about their best songs. Um, these are some of my favorite podcasts, and we we do them quite often for that very reason. And um, it made sense right now to do a Best of Copeland podcast because they just put out their new album last week called Blushing, and uh, we've all had a chance to listen to it. Nadia's review is up at itsalldead.com. It has been crushing it so far uh this week and uh it's it's funny because there were so few reviews that kind of came out early on about this album that Nadia, i think yours was like one of the first ones to hit and it's so it's like literally one of the right top... under their social media which is really weird yeah nice. it's like one of the top google search results so uh lots of people have been reading your review um and it's good you gave it a perfect score and we're going to talk about that uh we're going to talk about some of our favorite albums this is a band i've been listening to for gosh, I, I guess 15, 16 years now, which is crazy. So it it seemed like the right time to kind of dig in on their discography uh, and and kind of take a, a walk through the history of Copeland. Um, before we talk about the new album, Blushing, um, I want to go back and have everybody share a little bit about where they were, what they remember about kind of their early memories of Copeland and how they got into the band. I know for me, I was thinking about this right before we started. Um, when I was in college, uh, lived with a couple guys in this house off campus and they were in a band um, and I used to travel with them and I would run their merch table because that made me feel cool because I couldn't play guitar. And <laughs> um, I remember writing back from one of the shows, one of them was telling me about this cool new band that he'd just bought the CD of and had been listened to and it was Copeland. They just put out uh, beneath medicine tree and he was just like raving about this band and i was like wow geez he's really into them i remember listening to him and being like oh okay it was a little softer than the stuff i was into at the time um 
and it wasn't really until 2005 when in motion came out that it, the band really caught on for me and then i was a, a copeland super fan uh for a, a, all the way until now um nadia i know you wrote last year a 10-year retrospective on you are my sunshine and I, I can't remember part of me feels like when you wrote that you were talking about that was kind of the album that got you into the band is that what it was so i copeland is one of my favorite bands but i remember when i started listening to amberlin flyleaf like paramore i don't remember how i got into copeland i have no idea i think they probably mm. just popped up one day but they'd already put out a few albums. Yeah, so yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Beneath Medicine Tree comes out in 2003. I'm in kindergarten, so <laughs> wasn't listening to it then. Um, oh, Jesus But Christ. I guess... Everything hurts. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, such a baby. Um, I think... I'm tr- I was, like, looking at, obviously, all of their track listings. I can't... I can't figure out the song that was it. I guess it would probably have been... You Are My Sunshine. I feel like the the first Copeland album I bought was 2014's Exora. And I literally bought yeah. it. I hadn't even listened to it yet. And I literally bought it as soon as it came out. But that was like the first one I owned. And I guess that was the first one I really listened to. I, I don't really, I really don't, I don't have any reference. I have no point of reference for them. They just well, showed up one day. Yeah. Kyle, I was trying to rack my brain to remember our conversations about Copeland or if we've had any real conversations about copeland what what's your experience been with them uh i don't exactly remember how i got into them but i remember the first two songs i heard it was the pairing of uh take care and when paula sparks back to back and Mm. i remember hearing that and just going i need whatever album this is and uh i found them in high school because in 2004 i took a trip to japan and on the flight to Japan, I remember listening to that album just on repeat uh, the entire flight there. So I, I don't know what caused it. It may have just been I found them randomly in a Best Buy at the time. Um, but either way, I became addicted very much after that. And uh, much like you, it was in motion that really just set them completely apart from everyone else for me. Yeah, and it, it's going to be fun to talk through the different albums of theirs, which they have six full lengths now with uh, Blushing coming out. And it's a band that has a really interesting and fun trajectory. I mean, they've they've evolved while still being Copeland. Like, I listen to Blushing now, and it sounds like Copeland, but it's definitely not the same Copeland from Beneath Medicine Tree. I mean, they, they've evolved a lot, and it's been fascinating. And, and Aaron Marsh, I mean, clearly is just a genius in terms of songwriting. Um, he's somebody that I've long respected. It, I mean, I think for everybody that got into this band, it had to have been like the voice of Aaron Marsh. That's like the first thing that really sticks out to you about this band, especially, I mean, that's just what I remember about their, their early music is thinking like, what a beautiful voice this guy has. I mean, I, I could, he, he's someone that I could just listen to sing the phone book, you know, to use that cliche. Well, it's his, uh, voice, but the other thing that's really stuck out to me and I remember, feeling it on beneath medicine tree and really feeling it on in motion is that they don't really sound like a band they remind me more of an orchestra Mm. and uh, i felt that more as they evolve with each album and i really get that sense now um but i just kind of really remember feeling like they feel like an ensemble piece not really an indie band or anything like that i would agree with that i think like you look at 
the credits on all of their stuff. I feel like we only talk about Aaron Marsh, but like everybody has such a huge part in whatever creative process that they're like going through. Like, I, I think it's, it's literally almost, I think it's, it's like rude of us to only mention Aaron Marsh, but like sure. just cause he's the face of it. You know what I mean? But yeah. like all of that, all of the members play such a big part in what they do. Like you can see, you can feel each member's fingerprint on, you know, either whether it's the instrument they play or like the production choices they've used. Like, yeah, Aaron Marsh is the one who puts it all together. But at the end of the day, like everybody has that specific touch that they add to the Copeland album. You know yeah, what I mean? definitely. And that makes sense. And when we talk about kind of the evolution of this band, like none of that's possible without like everybody that's a part of this band. Right playing that role i mean you can just listen from album to album of kind of the um the evolution they've had sonically i and so yeah not to discredit the rest of the band at all but i I think for me i for whatever reason like i do think of aaron marsh with this band in a different way than i think of a lot of other bands and lead singers i guess so um well, so one of the oh go ahead sorry it's like the um the thing that was trending for the Super Bowl name another member of Maroon Five other than Adam Levine like <laughs> it's the it, with Maroon Five it's the Adam Levine show and that's it like I could not tell you the only other person I would recognize from Maroon Five is the guy with the long hair and that's only because he has long hair like I don't know his name I don't even know what he plays I, I think he plays bass I have no idea but like I feel like that's not how it is with Copeland yeah you know definitely. what I mean like I still don't know their names but I just feel like they have a bigger like almost like emotional portion in the band than Maroon 5 does. I don't know. Like, I don't know why I feel that way. I just get that vibe. I feel like Maroon 5 could all walk away and Adam would be probably fine. But that's just Yeah, I, for as much as I was not expecting Maroon 5 to pop up on this podcast, that was actually a pretty Sorry. good comparison. <laughs> no, it was pretty spot on. <laughs> um, One of the things I think about with Copeland, and it's like, it's crazy because they've been around, you know, 16 years now. Um, and they, they went away once. I mean, there was like so many bands from this scene. I mean, they, they broke up, they were done. And then they came back and in 2014 with Exora and now they're just kind of a part of our lives again, which kind of, you forget the, the time when they weren't there, at least I do. And because when I go back, I think of this band, they were such a unique band in the scene because they were making music that was so much more delicate, um, than any of the other bands around them at the time, especially all those bands coming out of Florida. When you think about Anne Berlin and Under Oath and um, a lot of bands that kind of came up with them, they were right. just and to very the different. Yeah. They, they just had a different sound. Yeah. But what was fascinating with them is, and, the, and this gets forgotten, I feel like, but this band got signed to a major label. Like in motion was such a, a great album. They got picked up. Uh, they put out eat, sleep, repeat the following year on, I believe it was Columbia records, but I mean, this was a band that like got signed to a major label. Like they, there was a, there was a time where it was like, Oh man, Copeland might be the next band to blow up. Um, And at that time there was a lot of bands like that. That was the cartels of the world. I mean, a lot of bands were getting signed, getting like major label deals, but there was this moment that it was like, man, Copeland might be somebody that people are going to be talking about as opposed to this little niche band that, all these hardcore kids like to listen to in their bedroom. I don't know, Kyle, do you remember that period where it was like, it, it just felt like they were on the cusp of, of something? I don't, to be honest, I completely forgot that they signed to a major label. Um, I remember Eat, Sleep, Repeat came out, it felt like extraordinarily fast after In Motion. 
and I remember yeah. loving it because it seemed like the next step after it, but um, it felt like no one talked about that album at all, and I remember it kind of disappearing really quickly, and then the band was just kind of laying low for a couple years until You Are My Sunshine came out. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how it went down. And it was kind of a bummer because I, I just remember... I, I didn't know what to make of Eat Sleep Repeat at the time. It's it's an album that my perspective on has changed drastically. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we do the album rankings. But yeah, it's one that like I don't think I fully appreciated until the band was gone after they went on hiatus or had their, you know, the, that first breakup. Um, but yeah, here we are all these years later. It, it seems this feels like a band now that could just keep making music. Like I, I won't be surprised in a couple years if there's another Copeland album. Um, but here we are essentially exactly. We're recording this on a, a Thursday, uh, February 21st. It's been exactly one week since blushing was released. Um, Kyle and I have not spent a ton of time with it so far. Nadia, you have, you wrote our review um, I want to hear from you as a huge fan of this band. You gave Blushing a, a five-star review, uh, perfect score. Give us your take, your defense, your thoughts on what makes Blushing so special. Ah, yes. It was a day just like this last week when Blushing was not out. <laughs> the world, it was gray. And now it has been bathed in a soft pink light. <laughs> Blushing is a beautiful album. It's literally so good. I'm obsessed with it. You guys should listen to it more than once. It's going to happen. <laughs> Seriously, so, it's so good. So why is it so good? It's like almost an ASMR album, guys. It's so good. <laughs> it's just so good. Oh, man. It's just they just put such detail into it. Like for being gone for so long and you thought Copeland wasn't going to come back. Like I love when bands do that and they leave and then they come back and they're better than ever. Like the break has totally like rejuvenated them I feel like almost because Exora is a great album um I love that album so much but I don't know there's something different about Blushing like I feel like they're they're sister albums for sure um but Blushing is the better album like there's just there's just more attention to detail so one of the things that stuck out to me in your review was this idea and I think this and you can correct me if I'm wrong but I'm betting what sets it apart for you is that there is a bit more of a overall, like an overarching concept to blushing. You know, Whereas I love Xora the is a collection album. of like, Xora is like a, a, a collection of good songs. Yeah, exactly. But blushing from your review, I gathered like, it's like this journey of a relationship it's through like so all good. the ups and downs and like mundanity of yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's it. <laughs> and was that something that you picked up on early on, or was it something that like repeated listens kind of like? Uh, I'd out say like you? maybe, I don't know, maybe like number three. Um, I literally I will listen to an album forwards, backwards, side to side. Like I'll shuffle it. Um, I pay attention to whether the last track and the first track like connect. They don't, which is a real bummer because that would have really mm. sealed the deal for me. Um, but. It just like, even if you listen to it shuffled, it's still, all the themes are still the same. Everything still matches up. Oh, it's just so good. It's just so perfect. So well I, executed. I really do need to spend more time with yes, it. Yes, you do. Um, the, and it's interesting because this is a band, I don't have a lot of winter specific bands, but Copeland is absolutely a band for me that I enjoy listening to in the winter. And it was actually just a few weeks ago, I just put on the, the vinyl of beneath medicine tree and, and listen to it. 
Um, I don't know why, but this time of year for me is just, it's a band that I really find myself going to. What's funny is I think in another podcast we did, we were talking about, I think it was the fall music podcast, right? Yeah. Um, we were, we talked about Copeland. I don't know. I think it was the three of us. I think we all talked about Copeland and I think we talked about them kind of being like, I feel like each album has a season blushing. I think is winter. It's very wintry to me. Interesting. Yeah. Kyle, I think I remember. Yeah. Was that on the, that same podcast where you talked about them being a seasonal band for you? I think so. Um, Either way, they're definitely a very like fall winter band for me. Just they're a band where you can almost sense a color with each album and they're very just (laughs) like their music's just very very cool. Uh, It's something that you want to just kind of be snuggled up and uh, comfortable while you're listening to them. It's not something. See, I feel like you guys are in my mind now. I know you love it as much (laughs) as I do. I know it. Let's, uh, let's do the thing where we talk about the, the, their albums, their discography. Um, I, yeah, I, I had trouble saying that. I don't know why that <laughs> happened, but uh, maybe it's because I'm on my second Bud Light. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I you know, know. I have a crazy bone to pick with you guys, actually, speaking oh, no. of. You what? guys, when I started listening to the podcast every time... Kyle, what are you enjoying on this fine <laughs> evening? Oh, I'm having I'm having a 1996 Bud Light that I pulled out of my bathtub. <laughs> it's so smooth, and I'm like, you guys never do that with me, and it's really terribly rude. I'm drinking water. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'm drinking water. I think I don't know what it, what the situation is now, but I think when you joined, <laughs> it's all dead. That you, <laughs> we probably shouldn't be talking to you about. Uh, alcohol consumption. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <Okay>. You're right. <laughs> That's literally all it is. So, uh, no, I'm still drinking water. One, one of these days. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Kyle and I aren't old, by the way. Um, we, but we do remember all the Copeland albums. Uh, oh, gosh. Gather around, children. I had a phone um, on a rotary. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the Copeland albums. And I'm going to... <laughs> I'm going to preface this like I do almost every single time we do this. Um, I We don't do these podcasts with bands that we don't like. Um, and I mean, that should go without saying. It wouldn't be fun to sit here and talk about a discography of a band that none of us enjoy. I really enjoy all six Copeland albums. So like, yeah, I had to rank one number six, but that shouldn't be taken as a slight to the album that's number six for me because I still really love it um so i just wanted to get that out of the way and i'm sure all of us feel that way to some degree with this band copeland hasn't released a bad album in my opinion so um i just wanted to start there um let's i guess we'll just each go through quickly go through the the rankings from six to one um and then we can kind of discuss why we put the albums where we did with each other okay um i'm gonna go first i'm gonna start uh, number six is You Are My Sunshine. And the reason that I, I prefaced the way I did, I was obsessed with You Are My Sunshine when it came out. And I remember back when I was doing like this little music blog back in 2008, like just for my own, uh, I don't know, just for the fun of it. I did a end of the year wrap up where I did like my top 10 albums of the year. And I ranked You Are My Sunshine number two. Like this was a really 
really good album. And it kind of began the full shift towards the deep electronic sound that the band has kind of adopted through the years. Um, it's a great album, but for me, it's just the one that I, I don't find myself going back to as much. Like when I'm in the mood to listen to Copeland, I'm usually re reaching for other albums. Uh, at number five, I put Exora. Um, again, a great album. It's It was so great in the moment to have Copeland back. And I wonder how much the excitement of having Copeland back impacted my view of that album. Um, so that that's kind of why it's at number five. I wonder if it if Copeland had never broken up and had to come back, if I, how I would have felt about it. It's just kind of a, it's an interesting album Four, I put blushing and I put it right in the middle basically. Cause I just need to spend more time with it. I'm not sure where to rank it yet. Um, but just upon kind of my early thoughts, that's probably about the spot that it would hold. Uh, number three is beneath medicine tree. Again, I went back to it recently. I found that, um, it, it definitely has its flaws and it's very raw and that's part of the appeal of it. But damn, there are some good songs on that album. And just for being the, a debut, it's just, it's almost unreal uh, how good some of those songs are. Number two is In Motion. Uh, one of my favorite music related quotes is Aaron Marsh talking about this album. I, I believe the quote was something along the lines of, um, with our first album, I wanted to make music that moved people with the Second album, I wanted to make music that made people move. And that's what I think of every time I listen to In Motion. It's just, it's very upbeat. Uh, there's a, it's called In Motion. And there's definitely emotion uh, within those songs. And it's just a, it's just so fun. I, I love that album. Uh, and number one for me is Eat, Sleep, Repeat. As I mentioned, I didn't know what to make of it when it came out. I didn't think I liked it at the time. But over the years, it has become my go-to Copeland album. I love those songs. I, that's one of my favorite vinyl uh, records that I own. I just love to put that album on in the wintertime. There's so many great songs, but more than anything, um, and we'll talk about this more when we get to talking about the actual songs, but more than anything with this album, it's a full album that all makes sense to me. Like I don't need to pick and choose songs from this. I can just play the album and get like a total enjoyment out of the, the full experience of it. Um, so yeah, those are my rankings. Uh, Nadia, what do you got? We were talking last night about my bottom album. Yep. And you and I have swapped. <laughs> okay, so at yeah, number six is Eat, Sleep, Repeat, which is why I said to you, you're not going to be happy with my bottom album. But Eat, Sleep, Repeat, I feel like I don't know it as well. Like, but when we were talking about um, my honorable mentions, my top 10 list was originally like a top 25 and there are a lot of eat, sleep, repeat tracks in there that I was kind of surprised about. Um, like, especially for considering I didn't really like the album as a whole. But I think that's just it. I don't really like the album as a whole. But then again, I mean, I, I guess maybe I just don't have the connection to it that you guys did. Obviously, you guys have spent more time with it. But sure. I don't know. Number five is In Motion, kind of for the same reason. I like it. Mm. But again, I don't know. There's something about those two albums that I feel like I never go to um, for some reason. I really don't know why. Exora's number four. Uh, we talked about that one. I like that album a lot. I think it's um, I think it's like a worthy contender for a return album. You know what I mean? Like they put some thought yeah. into it, but I just feel like it's not enough. It's not not enough. That's not what I want to say. Not as much thought as they put into this one. Because really, it's it's. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of years in between there, huh? So, like, six versus five years, you know what I mean? Like, almost the same amount of time. 
but Blushing is just an infinitely better album. I don't know why. I don't know what they did differently, but um, Blushing's number three, and you all know I'm obsessed with it, but number two is Beneath Medicine Tree. Um, I think their debut album is their, some of their best songwriting, like, for sure, like, it's their most, um, like, almost raw, you know, you know what they say? You have one chance to yeah. make your first album, you know, like, three months to make your second or whatever. Um, I just really liked the like honesty that Aaron had in writing that album. Yeah. And then number one, I see Kyle, we, we like totally flip-flop. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. And number one, yeah, obviously too. is you are my sunshine. Um, and that's without saying, I don't even have to say anything about it. Uh, it's just my favorite album. So, um, one thing I forgot about you are my sunshine. So I bought that album the day it came out and I bought, it was back when they would do like bands would do like the, the you could just buy the CD, but then you could buy the deluxe version. And I remember the deluxe version of You Are My Sunshine. It came in a box. It was like a little cardboard box. I'm and they there was a DVD and they made a music video of every single song. <clears throat> and they were all like these concept videos. And it was beautiful. That was that's what I one of the things I loved about You Are My Sunshine. And when I listen to it, I still see those videos in my head. Um, so a lot of them are on YouTube. So if you haven't had a chance to ever see them, uh, look them up. Because a lot of them, a couple of them chin up is really great um will you return is good there's several that are like really just fun videos to watch so um so yeah uh kyle what do you got uh so this is my moment of reckoning because i have a secret i don't think i've ever shared with any of you (laughs) uh interestingly enough kyle you're in my uh list is almost exactly the same but for vastly different reasons interesting um so in last place for me is You Are My Sunshine. And this is the thing I don't think I've ever shared with you because I've felt bad about it for a long time. Oh. I completely missed that album when it came out. Um, I So when it came out, I was in college. I was broke. I was being very picky about what I listened to. I completely missed that it was released. Um, for a long time, I thought that Eat, Sleep, Repeat was the last album they put out. So I just cherished it forever. And then when Exora came out, I listened to it and it felt so different from the first three albums where it kind of turned off for me, where I almost couldn't listen to it. Um, I listened to it for the first time. I was just very meh about it. I was happy the band was back, but I didn't connect with the music and I felt like there was a real missing link with it. And I couldn't figure out what it was for a long time. Would you say you wow. felt disjointed about it? I see what you did there. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so for a long, I just, I listened to it when it came out and I just put it back on the shelf and ignored it for a long time um, until last week when Blushing was coming out. And I know we've discussed You Are My Sunshine once or twice before and I keep going, oh yeah, there's another album. I need to hear that. And I never did. And finally last week I listened to it for the first time and the oh first time god. yeah and uh oh my god it's very good i don't have an opinion on it yet but it's gonna be coming up more and uh <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy so, uh, i can't believe it's this. very good what do you mean <laughs> the <tee-hee. laughs> so uh oh i said that i listened to exora again and I liked it more because I feel like I, right? I could see the progression a bit more, but it, I'm still not big into Exora. And then I heard Blushing, and I know it builds off of Exora, and I very, very, very much like Blushing. Um, I get the yeah. sense it's kind of the same opinion I had for like the last Fall Out Boy album, where 
you could see what they were trying to do in retrospect uh, for the last few albums. You could see where they were building to it, and they finally pulled it off with this newest release. Um, and I, I really got it, and I understood it. I really, really like the concept. I like the sound of it. I like that uh, they're pushing new boundaries, but they still have a lot of the elements of the original Copeland albums in there, including like the weird... 80s sounding wind chime flute that kind of goes through uh and then so going through all of those <laughs> uh number three is beneath medicine tree it's a classic but i feel like it's it sounds dated very very much like uh there's still a lot of really good songs in there but it's just it the more i've listened to it it sounds like um you know a debut album uh, number two would be Eat, Sleep, Repeat. It's, you know, a, a very good album. I fell in love with it when it first came out. It meant a lot to me because of, uh, for years, I thought that was all I had left to listen to. <laughs> and uh, it's still one that I'll start from beginning to end and go through. But first is always going to be in motion for me. Uh, that's the album that I really connected to them. That's the album I... if. I recommend Copeland to anyone. That's the album I give them. If they, I feel like it has so many classic elements to it that are expanded throughout these other records and everything. That if you're not in love with In Motion, you're not going to enjoy everything they do uh, with the other albums. Yeah, I. If you had asked me like which album you were going to rank number one, I would have for sure thought it was In Motion because that's like their most rock album too. Like it's it's definitely. Um, I don't know, just in my mind, it's the one that, that you would like be attracted to the most. I, well, I, I don't even hear the rocket album in it. Um, no one really wins is for sure a rock song, but the rest of it, it, it honestly just sounds, you know, kind of orchestral. There's a lot of acoustic to it. There's a lot of, uh, crazy ballads, or I guess, I don't know what to describe something kind of like you have my attention. Yeah. Um, it's just, there's just gold all throughout it and i can't quite pin down what it is other than just brilliant songwriting it's not a rock album it's not an acoustic album it's just there it's just music well thank you for being so vulnerable with us and everybody that listens to this podcast i so i'm trying to imagine now if i had never heard if i didn't know you are my sunshine existed and i listened to exora i don't think i would have liked it either like i i would it, that would have been jarring to not have that middle piece that kind of connected like the two halves of the band's career. I feel like it, it was really weird because I was so excited for Exora when it came out, I was listening to it and I was like, I, it's for sure Copeland, but it, it just felt like something was off and I couldn't tell what it was. And I was just very, eh. yeah, but uh, I, I really appreciate it a lot more now. <laughs> cool. Well, also I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> Aaron Marsh is oh. going to listen to this, and he's just going to cross you off his list. <laughs> oh, he's going to hit me with a belt. <laughs> so aggressive, Aaron Marsh. Stop doing that. <laughs> um, well, that was fun. And uh, yeah, Nadia, I totally expected that our first and last were going to be I knew it. flipped. I could feel it. Um, we were talking last night, and we were like almost dodging the question, because I think we knew, <laughs> we knew, we knew yeah. they were going to be switched. So, and what I was, one of the things I was telling you last night was, you know, I did, I went ahead and ranked my top 10 Copeland songs as well. And what I found was that only one song from Eat, Sleep, Repeat, like actually made the list. There are four songs from In Motion, which I was looking at it and I'm like, 
well, shouldn't In Motion be my favorite album? And I was trying to make sense of it because I know Eat Sleep Repeat, when I listen to it from front to back, is my favorite Copeland album. Now, In Motion may have better individual songs, but I just felt like Eat Sleep Repeat is the album that holds up better for me. But really, I mean, you could play me either of those albums and I would gladly listen and enjoy it to every second. But I just, this is the first one of these that we've done where that's happened to me, where it wasn't the number one album that kind of had the most songs uh, that were favorites of mine from the list. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on the songs. I'm just going to read through them really quickly um, because it can take forever when we talk about, if we're going to talk about 30 individual songs, but um, number one, and I told you this as well, Nadia is there's no, there's no question for me what the number one Copeland song is. It's when Paula sparks. And um, that's a song for me that has meant the world to me. I have cried in my car to that song more times than I would care to admit. And uh, when I saw the band play that song live a few years ago, they were, I saw them open up for Paramore. It was an incredible night and they played when Paula sparks. And I just like, wept and sang so that's why loudly I like and poorly. <laughs> it's such such a good song uh number two is by my side it's the eat sleep repeat song that made the cut number three don't slow down uh from in motion uh number four choose the one who loves you more from in motion another song pretty much what these all have in common is that they all bring tears to my eyes like that's that's something that copeland does for me that a lot of bands don't as consistently copeland really uh, knows how to make me cry. Choose the one who loves you more. Man, that that song gets me pretty good. Uh, number five, Should You Return from You Are My Sunshine. It's my favorite song from that album. I think it's a, their best opening track. Uh, Kyle, I have a feeling you might disagree because In Motion's got a pretty good one too. Uh, number six. We shall see. <laughs> number six, She Changes Your Mind. Uh, number seven, Sleep from In Motion. Uh, I feel like that's a really underrated song. Eight, No One Really Wins. Uh from in motion number nine on the safest ledge from you are my sunshine and number 10 like a lie i didn't put anything from blushing here yet because i just haven't listened to it enough and exora like a lie was the only one that made it i i feel like i need to go back and spend more time with exora and then redo it, it may change my list but just off the top of my head that's what it was um what did you have nadia all right so should I go 10? Are we going 1 to 10 or 10 to 1? Sorry, I was not paying attention oh. until you said I should listen I to things or more. I was like, yes. All right, um, I'll, go no, I'll go one down then. All right, number one is Chin Up from You Are My Sunshine. Um, uh, your question did not actually pertain to me last night because I have way more songs from You Are My Sunshine than any other album. Sure. Um, two is When You Thought You'd Never Stand Out from Eat, Sleep, Repeat. I'm obsessed with that song. I love oh, the um, the ending of it. It's so good. Oh, gosh. Um, three is On the Safest Ledge from You Are My Sunshine. Four is In Her Arms, You Will Never Star from Ixora. And that, I think, is... Let me just check my facts here. Um, oops. Yeah, that's their best closing track, um, in my opinion. It is so good. It is so, so good. Um, five is I'm a Sucker for a Kind Word from Eat, Sleep, Repeat. Six is Should You Return, You Are My Sunshine. Seven is Testing the Strong Ones uh, from Beneath Medicine Tree. Eight is Love is a Fast Song from In Motion. And nine is The Gray Man, You Are My Sunshine. And ten, what is it with us, Kyle, is When Paula Sparks. What is it with us switching everything around? It's wild. Um, Yeah, so When Paula Sparks from Beneath Medicine Tree. They're just like, 
Oh, such good songs. That's the problem. I had such a problem making this list because none of those really belong in my top 10 because they all belong in my top uh, 78 or how many songs Copeland has. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I enjoy all of their songs except for the closing track on You Are My Sunshine, which is like 10 minutes long. I cannot do it. And also Kite from In Motion. Kite, yeah, fuck those Kite songs. Is, <laughs> Kite, I'm sorry. Kite is unbearable. <laughs> I don't like Kite either, and that's my wife's favorite song of theirs. But it's really cute, but I can't deal with it. I yeah. know it's I know it's weird. Oh yeah, not so tough. Found out that's that. You it's so long. Line. It's so so um, long. But one thing I'm realizing now that two of us have read off a list of songs is that this band is really fucking good. I know <laughs> they've that's got the so problem. many good songs. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Kyle, I don't think you did a song ranking, but do you have some that like stick out for you? Um, yeah, I'll do a quick five, just because there's a lot of overlap, uh, especially with you and me. But uh, my favorite song is when Paula Sparks. Mm-hmm. It it was the first time, or it's the first song of theirs that really made me sit down and go, "This band is something different. Like there's something really uh, unique here." Uh, two is "You Have My Attention." It, that's probably the song I listen to the most, and it's the one I have the best memory of. Uh, I saw Copeland open for the starting line many years ago, and uh, when they did that song live, I know I'm exaggerating. I just don't know by how much in retrospect, but when Aaron Marsh hits that high note, he held it for a minute. And I know it. I'm really exaggerating there, but I do remember having the memory of this is impossible. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh Three is Choose the One Who Loves You More from In Motion. Thank you. Yeah. It's in my honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh, four is, where is it? I just had it. Just lost my list. I uh, would be Control Freak from Eat, Sleep, and Repeat. And number five, and I don't know if this will stay forever, but right now it I'm going to say it's Pope from Blushing. That was in my list and I took it out. Because I figured it was too I, uh, Yeah, I flirted yeah, well, with that one too. It's one of those songs, because, you know, I struggled with Exora. I was kind of mm-hmm. iffy on it. And even when with Blushing coming out, it's just I kind of felt, you know, I, I love Copeland. I've loved them for a long time. But uh, not being as into Exora as I had expected myself to be, I wasn't super excited for Blushing. I was more just kind of, you know, something new to listen to. Well, that'll be fine. And then when I heard Pope, I instantly lost all that and just went, oh, this is Copeland. Like, they're they're here. Yeah. And it, it's a song that I don't know how often I may listen to it in the future, but I do know that um, it's a song that is going to mean a lot to me just because it feels like the official uh, return of this band that I've loved for so long. So... One thing I wanted to, I'm thinking of is, and now I'm looking up song lyrics as you're doing your list, Kyle. These songs are great. They're like pleasing to the ear to listen to, but Aaron Marsh is a great lyricist. Mm. Um, And we haven't really talked about that as much, but when Paula Sparks is number one on my list, I've already talked about like how emotional that song makes me, but like one of my all time favorite lyrics uh, when he says, sleep now moon, I'll watch over her while the sun is up and you can have her eyes again soon. He wrote that on their first album. Oh my God. <laughs> That's fucking poetry. That is, it's unbelievable. 
how good this band is. Uh, no one really wins. Another one of my favorite lyrics. I hope that you look back before you go because Grace looks back before it starts to leave. Like he just knows how to tug on your heartstrings. And the fact that he's still doing it now after all these years, like that, it's just mind blowing to me. Yeah. Man. Uh, cool. Well, um, so Kyle, you've seen Copeland live. I've seen them live. Nadia, you are seeing them live soon. Is that right? I was going to say, I'm about to like see Copeland live. I'm about to join the ranks. What, who are they playing with? They're playing with, um, I think, I think they're called many rooms who I haven't listened to yet. And from Indian lakes, which is one of my all time favorite bands. I've seen from Indian lakes twice. I'm so excited to see them again. What a great show. They're another like very, very good, like ambient band that I'm just obsessed with. What year did you see them, Kyle? You said with the starting line? Uh, yeah, I saw them, that was maybe 2007. I drove to Chicago, uh, and they were opening for the starting line. I saw them again in maybe 2008 or nine, opening for Jack's Mannequin. And uh, I just saw them about two years ago uh, doing their own, headlining a show in Chicago. Nice. Um, so, yeah. My my funny story. I almost I I assumed after the breakup that I was never going to get to see Copeland live. I had a chance when I was living in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, this was probably around two thousand eight or so. Um, they I was broke, so I couldn't actually afford to go to the show. But they were playing an acoustic set at this uh, record store that used to exist in, in Louisville. Rest in peace, uh, Ear Ecstasy. Um, unfortunately it's closed down now, but it was a really sweet record store. They were playing this acoustic show and I was working and I couldn't, I was trying to figure out like, do I fake like getting ill to like leave and go see this acoustic performance? And (laughs) I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I left as quick as I could afterward to try to get there. I thought maybe I could catch like the last song or two. So I got there and it was over and I was like, well, that sucks. So I was just walking around the record store and I see Aaron Marsh, like looking through, like he's just looking through these records. And I was, I just went over to him and I was like, hey, Aaron. And uh, he turned and was very kind to talk to me for a minute. And I, you know, gushed about how much I love their band. And he's like, sweet. Well, so you coming out to the show tonight? And I was like, oh yeah, definitely. I can't wait. I'm going to be there. <laughs> I was like, well, I just lied to him because I don't have money to go. Uh, so maybe I should have asked him if he could have let me in but i didn't and then they broke up and i was like well great i'm never going to uh see them but uh as previously <laughs> mentioned i got to see them open up for paramore a few years ago and it was a uh, beautiful beautiful experience that's so. like one of the biggest things i kicked myself about because i remember when that tour was happening and i said i would love to go to that tour and i didn't man it was so good and, and it was great because i should have gone paramore played a lot of their tracks that they don't play like that was kind of the the that whole thing of that I tour know. was that they're playing the please don't make me feel worse about yeah. it sorry oh man it's yeah, um, man it's like one of those it's like the biggest missed opportunity of my life and it was a moment that one was cool I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before but like aaron marsh like on the sticker on the front of Paramore's first CD was like a quote from Aaron Marsh talking about how like big of a deal Paramore was going to be. And I think Paramore like opened up for Copeland, like playing their first show uh, in Nashville. You you and I have actually discussed that. That's the reason why we both uh, 
listen to Paramore yep. for the first time because of Aaron's recommendation on the like sticker on the album. Yeah, I literally bought the first Paramore CD because Aaron Marsh said to. <laughs> Same. So we got a lot of uh, very great. Man, I wish I was older. <laughs> I'm like, I started listening to Copeland in 2014. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't I born a little earlier? Well, you you still get to enjoy them, and that's that's neat. Everybody um, calls me an old soul, and they're right. They're right. <laughs> uh, cool. What else? What? Oh, yeah, legacy. Um, this one is interesting to me. Like I talked about, it feels like this band could just be around a while now, and that's cool because it's like everybody. <clears throat> Copeland has everyone's respect. Like they don't, there's nothing left to prove. Mm. Um, they can just keep releasing really good music. I'm wondering, let's say that they didn't come back and Xora never happened. Oh no. Blushing didn't happen. What would we, I feel like we would talk about them with a certain type of mystique that we only reserve for bands that never fully realized like their full potential. Is that, is that possible? yeah it's just uh when they were starting out when they're in their heyday and even now there's no one else out there that sounds anything like them even remotely um it's just one they're one of those bands that everyone seems to know about everyone loves but no one can even remotely come close to copying or even mimicking uh you know i don't know what their mark on the scene is i don't know uh, where they kind of see themselves within their uh, with their peers or anything like that but it's just they're almost like a rage against the machine type where they're so far out on their own no one even attempts to come close uh, even as a second place to them yeah yeah and it is interesting and by the way I, I said a minute ago they you know remembering them as not reaching their full potential that's not fair because they definitely did with you know the first four albums i guess what i mean is uh-huh, you said it no takesy fancies <laughs> what i mean is when they went away it wasn't one of those things where they broke up and everybody just forgot and moved on like people were constantly like man i wish copeland would come back like when is copeland going to get back together like they never like left the consciousness of people that were into their music and that that was really fascinating um because there was never this well, thing of like everybody just moved on or something yeah and also like no one seemed to move in to fill in their space like we've talked a lot about how important blink 22 was to uh the genre but you know the instant they were gone dozens of bands tried to fill that spot and all time low really kind of that's how they uh came to fame but you know copeland they disappeared and nothing filled that spot at all it's just them and they still kept that legacy of what they created together yeah that's yeah that makes total sense so yeah it's in thinking about the the copeland legacy it is fascinating uh because they never played a warp tour they you know we we've mentioned them as being a part of this scene and they were just because of their associations but they 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 really were never a part of it they were just kind of their own thing and i that's that really is one of the things that has made them so special. Um, so yeah, uh, any parting thoughts uh, about Copeland before we wrap up? Yes, I love them. That's all. <laughs> I never would have guessed. 
we hadn't discussed it before at all. I can't believe it took this long. <laughs> I love them. No, when I um, <laughs> when I tried to Google your deluxe, you are my sunshine. Not at all because I want to buy it or anything. Just so uh-huh. look at it. Um, one of the suggested items for purchase was a candle that was scented relaxation, and I think that's ah. very fitting. I just wow, think that's, that's very incredible. Fitting. I love it. It's very- uh, so, can you still buy the deluxe version of it? I don't. No, I didn't really get too far. I was trying to pay attention to, you know. Well, I can tell you I don't listen to CDs anymore, so I can mail you my copy if if you really need it. But we'll discuss that off air. Um, <laughs> actually, maybe oh, it's yeah, a rare item. Address. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm um, taking offers. Um, let's see. I've got a vinyl for $35, which is never going to happen. Um, yeah. Let's see. No. There's a there's a CD for sale for ninety seven dollars and fifty three cents. What the heck? Yeah, see the uh, it's dude. Yeah, I don't think you can, golden I don't think oldies you can sell are getting that, valuable. I don't think you can sell that. <laughs> but yeah, this, uh, um, speaking of like uh, speaking of like special discs, I remember when uh, Eat Sleep Repeat came out, there was an uh, special like EP that came along with it that had a bunch of like really haunting acoustic versions of some of their songs. I just now remember that talking about that, and yes. I remember listening that, uh, listening to that almost more than Easily Repeat for a long time. Dressed up and in line was it called? Oh no, that yeah, that's two thousand seven. So it was a year before. So I'm that's what I. Up. So if you look at the Genius, um, like album listing that they have, so they've got after Beneath Medicine Tree, there's an EP called No Nothing Stays the Same. I've never heard that in my life. And then in two thousand seven, released after Easily Repeat is Dressed Up and In Line got a cover yeah. of black hole sun that's um, like their b-sides and stuff yeah. like that that was yeah. like the uh Anne Berlin lost songs thing yeah I, yeah but kyle i think I, what you were talking about was like it came like if you bought it, it came, at best buy or something oh, and that was like a, okay a, a yeah, it, yeah it came with the album it had like three or four tracks on it i just now thought of that um and i remember like i loved it because it sounded very haunting like it it wasn't just an acoustic version it was like uh really really different Sorry, uh, com- random memory. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I, we didn't talk about there was an EP between Beneath Medicine Tree and In Motion called No Nothing Stays the Same that was cover songs, and they covered uh, Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins, which to this day I still love that that cover. I, I don't know if you can listen to it on YouTube, but uh, yeah, this band's done a lot of cool stuff. We talked about it. Uh, we hope you like Copeland too. Um, always feel you know, free we're to coming s- for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Always feel free to send us your uh, your thoughts. Um, you can find us on social media. Follow It's All Dead on Twitter. Come like our Facebook page. Send us an email. And of course, subscribe to our podcast. Um, and, and while you're there, leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you like about the show. Uh, we always love hearing your feedback. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of It's All Dead. Nadia, Kyle, thank you so much for joining tonight. Thank you. Thank you. That will do it. Uh, I'm Cal Hawk, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.